Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Level 99. I'm your host, Pete, podcast about all things technology related, DevOps, cloud, automation, Linux, you name it. This week will be a continuation of Active Directory Part 2. So if you haven't heard Part 1 yet, please go back and listen to it. So let's just do a quick recap of what we have learned so far, right? Active Directory is going to be your main controller, kind of almost like your source of truth, like like Git. It's going to contain all of your users, and that is where you dictate where your password and your rotation is going to be, your, how often these policies are going to be implemented, your onboarding, your offboarding, all that jazz. So often with these Active Directories, you're going to hear a term called domains, right? And this is a very common term that is used across the industry. So no matter which organization you go to, you hear that term. All it means is it's a group of objects, such as like users, groups, and devices. So you have already heard me talk, refer back to like users and then groups being, you know, like your finance team, your developer team, your cloud team, and things like that. In addition, you can also dictate your your devices too. So let's say uh, you have like Windows and and your Mac users, you can dictate policies accordingly based on that. So a good example is you can think of a domain like a like a branch in a tree, right? A domain has the same structure, has the same standard domains and subdomains. And this definitely does help break down your organization by not only just security, but it also makes it a lot easier to organize, right? Rather than just funneling everything down one tube, you can kind of organize and divvy them up accordingly. So if people are going to like SharePoint, dot your like level 99 podcast.com and then they're going to jira that level 9 podcast.com it is two different sets of groups that will be using these products well i can have a domain and a subdomain for both of them and dictate their user policies and access in both trees is also a very popular term uh tree is usually referred to as one or more domains that are grouped together in a large hierarchy and these are usually things such as like the tree are related to when they say like they need to trust each other. So I don't know if you guys, if you guys listened to the previous episode, I was referring to my Bitbucket example where we had to work with the dev team so that if they get, you know, any new onboards, they automatically get assigned a, a new group. So you can think about this tree saying like, okay, so every user that is in the Bitbucket tree, we want these same and exact users over cloned over to to the jira um product nothing should deviate so you can trust the tree so if one gets synced you can sync the other one over or if you have one access to one you have access to both forest um it's kind of like uh how would be a good example of this it's like a like a high level of an organization right with an active directory and it contains all of the groups so kind of a force would be like your finance team right your hr folks Right. So everyone in the IT department would be under one forest. And then you would have these trees and and multiple different trees underneath that. Hopefully I didn't lost you guys. So this concept, to be honest, did take me a little while to understand. It wasn't the easiest thing for me to grasp when I was first learning this in principle when I was in school. And even when I started, you know, my internship and started working, even then it took me some time to kind of grasp uh, the concept of Active Directory. So if you don't get it the first time, it's cool, right? Like I was there with you, but 
kind of just give you guys a little bit more understanding on what I'm trying to refer to as, you know, trees and forests and, and gardens and all this jazz, right? You can just kind of throw all that, those terminology out. Just know in every domain, in every Active Directory, you have groups and subgroups. So you have all of finance, and then you have your tax folks, your auditors, and whatever else in between. And then you can think about within each team, right, each group, you're going to have users. And each user should only have limited access because the folks that are doing auditing should not really see tax information. And then me over in, in the cloud aspect of the house, I should not see any of the tool sets or numbers or any of the functionality, the folks over in legal or finance or HR, any of the stuff that they're seeing. So it's really helping you organize and clear up your organization, as well as implementing a certain level of kind of a, like a security posture if, if it's being utilized and leveraged at that level. So oftentimes with AD, you know, you're just going to refer to them as, a, as the AD folks. But with every, I shouldn't say every, that's a huge assumption that I am taking. A lot of the products these days that are quote unquote off the shelf or products that are kind of already available that you can just purchase or it's free to download and use. You don't have to do any customization. When you're first setting these products up or connecting or integrating anything, there will, will always be a tab that would usually say LDAP. And all this is, is just a configuration and a feature enabled by XFender to enable you to connect this product to Active Directory to sync all the user groups in according to what you need. And if you guys don't really remember what LDAP stood for, it's just Lightweight Active Directory Protocols, right? No, I'm wrong. It is Lightweight Directory Access Protocols. Haha. -ha. See, I'm wrong too, often. Nah. <laughs> But LDAP is, to me, you know, I'm not, I don't manage and do LDAP work on the day-to-day. -day. So any of you folks that are LDAP gurus will probably disown me for saying this, but it's kind of the same thing, right? At least to me, the, the end user that uses and pulls all this stuff, it, it's kind of the same stuff, right? LDAP and all that jazz. It's all, you're pulling the data from the, from the domain or the subdomain and you're just filtering it in so all your users can gain access and freely move them along the cabin. <laughs> Another thing I really do want to talk about is as everyone is starting to move and shift from the on-prem scene, their data center scene, you're going to see a lot of shift into SaaS. And it's kind of interesting to see how Microsoft has adapted so well to this. Because if you would have asked me what I thought about Microsoft 10, 15 years ago, I had nothing positive to say about it. It most of the products are just garbage. I hated leveraging and using anything of Microsoft, but they've done a really good job of listening to what the needs of the market is and adapting. Because I would have never even referred or even tried to use any Microsoft products. Like OneDrive is surprisingly pretty good, and you know I like their Authentic app and all this stuff. Anyways, this isn't a sponsored episode of Microsoft. I'm just saying like. 
the stuff that they're doing is pretty good and it's kind of nice that they they're adapting to the market even though you know microsoft always has to do microsoft and add a lot of clicks to everything but regardless microsoft has come out with a service called azure active directory which if you guys haven't heard of it it's really i kind of like it i think it's super cool so it's allowing users to move off of their traditional servers that they would manually manage and do all that jazz active directory and host active directory servers on azure on their SaaS solution a great competitor of aws for a lot of you guys i don't know so with this whole uh, azure active directory it's kind of an interesting stance that they're taking it's kind of i see it more as a marketing ploy to grab people from that haven't always used their services in the past to then kind of switch over and force them to use their new SaaS solution, see if they like it and start adopting their services. Kind of smart. I see what you guys do in there, Microsoft. You ain't that fly. <laughs> but the, the, the neat feature that I see with Azure Active Directory and a lot of organizations actually adopting it and shifting is that Azure AD gives you the functionality and the option to actually sync with on-prem AD, which is super cool in my opinion. Like rather than forcing everyone to do a lift and shift and be like, aha, you're on your own, either move or you're solo, they actually adopted a hybrid solution. So whoever, you know, thought of this or engineered that or even thought about like, you know, like, hey, not everyone's going to be able to move their stuff. Kudos to you, right? I have a couple of vendors that I work with, which their SaaS solution is either, hey, move it or don't, but you're still paying a ton of premium if you stay like on a data center version. Anyways, AD, Azure AD from kind of on the Microsoft stance, they've kind of said that it's pretty much uh, supposed to be the backbone of Office 365 and it helps you integrate with a lot of their native, native features and products to kind of make it a little bit more seamless. So one kind of interesting thing that I wanted to use to mention is that so with traditional Windows AD, you use LDAP to connect, to make these connections with or integrate product X with whatever. Azure, on the other hand, actually uses REST API, which I think is a very interesting shift because for years, we've just always been used to using LDAP, just connecting to the host and whatever. It's just work. Why fix something that is not broken, but you know, Microsoft trying something new, right? Using REST APIs. And I guess that is how they are syncing their on-prem with their SaaS solution now Active Directory. So thinking about this out loud kind of makes sense. And I guess it, depending on how they've done it, it should be a bit more secure. So hmm, pretty good. Good job, Microsoft. Unlike when traditional Windows AD where, you know, Everything is organized by OUs and trees and forests and domains. Azure AD is a completely different approach. It just uses a straight flat structure of users and groups. I remember, um, when was this? It was definitely pre-COVID. 20, was it the beginning of 2019 or the summer of 2019? It was the fall actually of 2019. And my previous organization got invited to the Microsoft office for us to give us some hands-on training. It was a super cool event. I was like loving it because I love anything that's hands-on training, right? Because 
I hate when someone's just like reading me a freaking PowerPoint. I'm just sitting there like, dude, I could totally just go home and do this. Why do I need you to read me something? I'm not illiterate. Like, eh, give me the PowerPoint so I'll just do it myself or teach me something I don't know. And as we were kind of going through and setting up, you know, instances and doing these modules, what I found fascinating was that the, the Azure AD was just straight just users and groups. Nothing fancy, nothing extra. And I think it definitely simplified the management process of it. In my opinion, I would say roughly 70% of all organizations don't really need the in-depth customization and configurations that you would traditionally do with Active Directory. But with Azure AD, you just have groups, users, done, right? You have your IT department, you have the help desk team underneath that, and you're a bunch of people in it. Boom, done. Super simple. Like, there's really not much of a hardcore handoff to do if, like, one of your folks or your lead engineers are actually going on vacation, right? So I kind of like it. <laughs> I thought it was super cool. But the fact that it's solely on Azure, eh, but good job, guys. I like when things are being simplified, reduced like that. So that's about it for this week's episode on what Active Directory is. I do want to ask you all once again that if you have been enjoying this podcast, if you guys have been finding it useful, please share it out with your friends and colleagues. And I'm actually thinking about maybe opening up a Discord soon. I'm trying to get like a little community-based going conversations. You all can just talk and share resources amongst yourselves. I haven't decided if I want to do that yet. Just a thought. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode and as always, take care until next week.